Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Season 5 of Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast show of comicbook.com. I am the host of Comic Book Nation, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today in our studios in downtown Nashville is my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. Hey, hey. And nobody knows our show yet, so chill out. This is season <laughs> five man. So people might be just coming into this. Don't scare them yet. Nah. Off in the home studio with our other regular co-host, Janelle Wheeler. What's going on? Hi, guys. And uh, as you can see up in the top, if you guys are watching our live stream, and you should be watching because this is where a lot of the fun happens, we have a special guest today. It's the OG of comicbook.com, the face of it. We call him the face if this is like uh, the A-team. He is face. Uh, Mr. Brandon Davis and host of uh, Phase Zero and host of something else we got to announce. Mr. Brandon Davis is with us today. What's Whoa. up, Kobe? Congrats on half a decade. Y'all talking about half a decade. He's gone now. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he lost him. Classic comic book nation show. So... Yeah, if you're just joining our show, we sometimes we lose people, <laughs> we lose internet. <laughs> we have Brandon Freeze face and quite possibly the I most have, amazing. Wait, we got a screenshot. That, that has happened so many times to me. Yeah, well, while we wait to get Brandon back, we had a big announcement for this. Uh, we actually did have some breaking news to talk about. Yes, we did. Because this show, if you guys are just getting into us, we haven't been here for the last half decade. We have internet freezes. We have breaking news right when we <laughs> get done or just start the show. And uh that's what we do here. So today's breaking news as we start season five is that Matt quite possibly, or no, his second favorite, if I remember correctly, was it your second or third, third, third favorite, favorite show Go. of 2022 is coming back? Yeah, Wednesday, baby. Netflix's Wednesday. Netflix's Wednesday is going to be making a comeback. We are just getting this breaking news. Did you finish as, it? Did you yeah, finish yeah, it? I finished it's it real so quick. Good, yeah, man. I finished Wednesday real quick. Is that there the real Oh, uh, welcome back. Man hosts Phase Zero every week, five seconds on Comic Book Nation and everything. <laughs> I was about to say, just like run over and jump on the mic. <laughs> yeah, we love what we do here. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, well, yeah. So you were just saying when you, while you were going that we got breaking news because the other classic thing that happens in the show is we have plans and then things happen. Breaking news is uh, Wednesday's coming back. Uh, Netflix, Matt's real happy over here. He's freaking out. Janelle was real happy, too. I know. Oh, we, yeah. we all loved. I mean, we can all I love the spooky stuff. There. Yeah, you yeah. did a heck of a job. Yeah, Netflix's Wednesday. Jenna Ortega like did a fantastic job. Tim Burton, fantastic job. So season two is on the way, and uh, we have that breaking news over on comicbook.com if you want to check out all the details because 
we're in the studio doing this. But um, now that Brandon Davis is back, let's get him while the internet is still good, while the cloud is still vibrant over us. <laughs> we brought BD on because this weekend marks a big milestone. If you are a gamer, I'm sure you are aware we cover all things geek culture. And today we got a nice synthesis of kind of like TV and gaming coming together in one of the most anticipated series of 2023, HBO's The Last of Us. Um, BD, as is, you know, as is doing his thing, is always out and about. He's been out. I believe you've been talking to the cast and crew of Last of Us already. Yeah, I talked to uh, a few of them like a few weeks ago. I just wasn't allowed to say anything until today. So oh, here we are. <laughs> Reveals. We're going to have BD talking. Comic Book will have BD talking with the Last of Us cast and crew. Be sure to keep an eye on Comic Book Gaming all throughout this weekend. It premieres on HBO uh, this upcoming Sunday from we're recording on Friday. It's coming out Sunday. So we're not going to do any spoilers, but BD got to see the show. He got to talk to the cast and the crew, and he has something very special for all you Last of Us fans that we need to hype up. So, uh, BD, take it away. What were your first? Just tell us what you thought without spoilers of the show, because I know a lot of people are on the edge of their seats wondering. And you are a let's just set it up. BD is somebody who has played the Last of Us games and and very oh, much yeah. I believe enjoys them. So take it away. I'll say this. I love, love, love The Last of Us, the video game. I am not allowed to say anything about what I thought of the show for a couple more days. We are oh still not allowed to talk about the reviews or reactions yet. Those are still a few days away. But I'll say I love the games and I love the cast and the interviews are available. And you might get, I, I like, I, you know, when I'm talking to the cast, sometimes I'll share impressions in the interview. And those are, you know, you might be able to sneak a little peek at a little sample platter if you go listen to the interviews, uh, but, but I can't come on here and, and say anything yet. There's been a lot of, a lot of people talking online about reactions and stuff and when they're coming. I, I can't say anything about that yet, but the games are fantastic. Uh, the last of us, the first one, especially is probably my favorite video game of all time. Uh, and so to celebrate the last of us and, keep in the vein of our, our awesome podcast program on comicbook.com, like what you guys are doing right now, what Wild Podcast does, what we try to do on Phase Zero. Uh, we are doing The Last of Pods. It is a Last of Us podcast. It's an ET and comicbook.com crossover. We've never done this before. I hope uh, it works out for the best. Props to our bosses for making this happen and figuring it all out how to make that work. Uh, I'm hosting it with ET's Ash Crossan, and we're, we just booked our first guest. We haven't announced that yet either, so go follow at the last of pods on Twitter. We have one of the cast members. I'm pretty sure they're booked. I might be getting ahead of myself, but it might have been like a, a tentative yes, but we're looking at a, a cool interview for the first episode. We're going to dive into episodes of The Last of Us. New episodes will drop every Sunday night after the uh, the show, that The Last of Us drops on hbo we will have the last of pods immediately after and if you remember janelle and i used to do after the dead for the walking dead it's gonna be a lot like that uh it's gonna be very much you know dive into the episodes doing interviews talking about theories reactions uh details comparing it to the games like we used to compare to the walking dead to the, to the comics uh and stuff like that so i'm excited for that it's gonna be a lot of fun i still got my last of us poster from the original game that i may have like taken from a GameStop trash can after they <laughs> finally were oh done with gosh. it uh like 10 years ago now wow I have a couple of those. <laughs> you know, a couple of GameStop. Uh, hey, that needs to go to the bin. You know, and like, yeah, I'm taking it home. That, that thing's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Why does GameStop throw anything away? I used to have a, 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 when I was in college, I had like a five, six foot, like Laura Croft, Tomb Raider cardboard cutout. I was like, y'all just going to throw this away? This is furniture. 
This would yeah, look great. Yeah, this, house. These, these are decor pieces, man. Like this is exactly. yeah, you could sell that stuff if they really thought hey, about yes, it. They should, should be selling that stuff. Yeah. Get I to know. me. Yeah. yeah. Me. Like you, Matt, me, Janelle. Yeah. I mean, there's a market. GameStop, yeah. get your muscle up. But um, <laughs> all right, BD, uh, is there anything else you want to just throw out there before you get out of here? Anything else you want to promote? No, I think that's all. Of it. You know, if if you go to comicbook.com slash gaming, Logan Moore also did a bunch of interviews for The Last of Us. I was on a trip for Avatar and 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 Disneyland Paris doing uh creating content at those uh that the, we actually see that on the site this week as well. Uh some really cool Disneyland Paris stuff that we're gonna have on phase zero. Um mm-hmm. but Logan Moore did a bunch of interviews for The Last of Us as well, and he's got some really cool stuff. So if you go to comicbook.com slash gaming, that team of writers is going to have a whole bunch of coverage on the site. Uh, a lot of articles, a lot of breakdowns, a lot of stuff leading up to the first episode of the last of us, a lot of stuff after the first episode of the last of us. And I hope you'll listen to the last of pods. Uh, it'll be broadcast on this Twitch channel as well, right here. And uh, on the comicbook.com YouTube. So uh, e- easy to find us at the last of pods. And uh, thank you for letting us plug our little thing that we're doing. Of course, man. In addition to last of pods, you guys can always find BD hosting the phase zero podcast, which is our Marvel focused podcast. Uh, him, Jamie Girac, Jenna Anderson and uh, Aaron Perrine week to week also do a great job covering all things Marvel. It's the only thing that keeps me on top of all this Marvel stuff we got to cover. And talk about. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'll say to- this. The, 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 the true reason that I have to leave the show today is not because I have a whole bunch of last of us stuff to do in a podcast to produce. It's actually because I cannot be part of the Marvel vs. DC debate. I will not subject myself to the to what will happen if I weigh in. I I cannot be a part of it. He's not. He's not wrong. Like no, it's I mean, it's actually smart. It's very smart. You, you got to go out there and see all these people. We could talk about them. We don't have to see any of them. So. We're, we're opening ourselves up to a lot of stuff with this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we're we're oh I wish you all the best with that. Good. I'll yeah. be listening. Brand, I'll be keep listening. Your brand clean. We're about to take some L's here. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, thank you, Brandon, for stopping in. Uh, it was last minute. He hopped on just to uh, make sure we got some mention and coverage and let you guys know about The Last of Us and The Last of Pods. So thank you again. And, uh, yeah, check out both uh, Brandon's podcasts and everything else he does for comicbook.com. It's everywhere. You know where he is. All right. Moving right Thanks, along. Thanks, Speedy. Peace. Peace, Speedy. <laughs> Moving right along uh, this week, you know, if you guys are just, again, this is our season five premiere, so I always want to make sure we're talking to any new listeners. Besides that, you can always find us on every podcast platform and subscribe to our Comic Book Nation YouTube. If you're just joining us, be sure to subscribe to the Comic Book Twitch page because our community is on there and we we love our community. We do. If you guys are longtime listeners of the show, you know that uh, Matt and Janelle, while they will go see horror, they don't Uh necessarily (laughs) space. Like I do, me. I love me some uh, domestic <laughs> horror. So uh, it was a uh, it was a fun week because this week we got a new Evil Dead trailer for the next chapter of the Evil Dead franchise called Evil Dead Rise, and I oh, got to make Janelle and Matt watch this trailer, uh, the Red Band version, which did not disappoint. Um, yeah, so this Evil Dead movie is going to be very different as you know most of these evil dead movies have been set in a cat including the remake what that Freddy alvarez did in the 2010s have been set in you know this remote cabin in the woods evil dead rise is going to be the first one to take the setting to a urban setting an apartment building in a city where a single mother and a fan her family 
uh, unlock the Necromicron by accident, and we get Necromicron on vinyl, no less, which is a nifty little change. But, um, you know, once things start, kind of the deadites start coming out, this looks like it's going to get riggedy, riggedy raw, and I am here for it. Um, I think this was a great trailer. I think that it really, the Evil Dead community can be really fickle about people kind of messing with what Sam Raimi did. It was a big hurdle that Fede Alvarez got over it by doing the remake and people genuinely, genuine or generally accepted it in the yeah. 2010s. There were always detractors. That was too much horror, not enough comedy, all that stuff, but it was generally accepted. And so this one looks like it's going to be also uh, another good chapter. It's made by Irish filmmaker Lee Cronin. Um, he made the horror, he made the hole in the ground, the horror film. Um, he made the short ghost train, which are both kind of notable shorts, but this is, looks like he's going to be a breakout horror talent. There's a lot that I loved about this trailer from the tone of it, from just the, just the gritty kind of grueling aesthetics, the things that already make you flinch and just kind of like curl up like, Oh, there's a scene with a cheese grater that's oh. kind of already being going out that already like. Uh, somebody who has to grate a lot of cheese for kids and uses those graters and cuts himself often. Like, yeah, that made me flinch. Like, there's Ugh. so much in this trailer that is disturbing. <laughs> and, you know, the the I, I am a firm believer that one of my favorite things in all, shout out to all my hereditary fans, but uh, in horror, you know, motherhood is is one of those things that can become such a great horror premise. Whether it's, you know, bearing children like an alien and the nightmare of that that alien does, or like I said, hereditary, which... You know, Tony Collette's character, especially the end of that movie, still chills me to the bone. The idea of like a mother figure becoming twisted and evil and doing messed up stuff to you is always effective in horror. And this looks like it is going to be a very effective horror premise. I love single setting horror. I love things that take place in like a single small area or space. I love single night horror, things that take place in like one night. Um, and this looks like it's hitting all those marks. And uh, yeah, just the aesthetic of. Evil Dead, some classic stuff, some stuff that looks like it came from the remake, and it all kind of fits. Uh, yeah, I'm just genuinely excited for this and and what it can do to open up the premise of Evil Dead away from just what Sam Raimi did in this cabin to something that could be, you know, more global, more widespread and have different, you know, standalone chapters of how this evil kind of comes out. So I'm here for it. But that's me. We knew I was going to like it. <laughs> How do the people feel that I forced to watch this? Matt, you, you've been sitting here with a stank face on, if people can't see. Tell me, how did you feel oh, about this God, trailer? Because it keeps replaying in front of me. That's why. <laughs> because the screen has this trailer replaying, and I have to keep watching this. Oh, even God. though this is actually a different trailer because I watched The Red Band. So I've actually seen there's pieces in this, this one that I didn't actually see in the other one. But uh, they're all disturbing. I'm not... As you talked about, motherhood, parenthood, I'll just say like parenthood in general is like a, it's a thing that has become uh, more sensitive for me, even more so. I was never into horror anyway. But then on top of that, like I have a problem with like SVU and Law and Order episodes that like dive into like parents and kids, like even those that become like, oh, those hit me different and it's hard to watch. So watching this, there's that one scene, and I actually didn't see it in this trailer. I think I don't know if it's just in the red band it's or not. Probably in the red band. The one bad. where the mom is on the other side of the door, yeah, and is staring into the the keyhole, and like the mom is with the magazine. Oh my god! Oh god! Oh, god. Oh, god. Oh, god. Oh, god. That whole scene line. was 
awful. This is is awful. I've watched this and I was so mad at Kofi. They made me watch a stupid trailer. Here's the thing, though. (laughs) Now I say this now. It's actually a really good trailer. It's a real like it actually looks like it's it's supposed to do that to you. So I understand, right? It's like a, when a heel acts like a jerk. Well, well, that's what they're supposed to do. So it did its job, and it's actually a really good trailer. I would love to watch the spoilers after this movie because I'm never gonna watch. <laughs> but I will watch the someone recite them to me and go, "Here's what happened." I go, "Oh, that's good. That's that's amazing." So amazing trailer. I hate you. I hate the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that a good summation of everything? Yeah. Okay. So I have no context whatsoever. Like I've not seen any of these as Kofi has said, I avoid either, everything scary. Um, it's not my jam. Like to me, Dr. Who is like scary. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, but having said that, when I made the decision to not like scary stuff, it was pre walking dead obsession. Uh I was, I was not bothered by this trailer and I can't believe it. Like I was just kind of like, Oh yeah, she's like a zombie. Like this is scary and I'm feeling it. Like I might watch this. I don't know. Like I I'm not completely dead set against it because there's enough intrigue with the characters and who they are and and the mother like i want to i want to know like i'm very curious what happens here how it's resolved if anyone survives like what's going on with the mom it was she like a druggie like i just want to know what's going on um that's a good job to me to take someone who doesn't like horror in general i just kind of like I don't know, back away whenever I see it to make me curious enough to want to possibly check this out is a really big deal. So props, honestly, really good trailer in my opinion. All right. So that's evil dead rise. I know I'm going to be there when this movie comes out (laughs) on April 21st. They're going for that. And Janelle's going to be with you. Uh, (laughs) Maybe not in the theater. I don't know. Yeah, we're gonna get that plus one out. We're gonna see you guys. I'm gonna try to bring both. <laughs> no, no. I am not watching that. Take your uh, eyes open. Great. Watch it. Not watching um, that. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, this is gonna be. I'm excited for this. I, I mean, this was not on my radar going into 2023, but now I'm really hyped. That trailer was good. It was introduced by Bruce Campbell, who's not in the film but is a producer oh. and is endorsing this and kind of saying, "Yeah, they did it on this one." And the you know the original Evil Dead, Sam Raimi, same thing. So the original Evil Dead team is is at least on board and kind of behind it. So I That's am awesome. too. Yeah. All right. Next is uh, I'm going to do a little solo spiel here uh, for our review of the week. Uh, this week's also in the horror genre. Like I said, we cover all things geek culture. And so this week on the horror front, we have horror kicking off the year in movies with the new film, Megan. So I got to see Megan this week, and what I will say about Megan is that it is a whole lot of fun. Um, Megan is, for my horror fans, it is very much PG-13 horror. Uh, We know that they've said that they cut this down to PG-13. There is a rated R cut that we'll probably see later on, but it doesn't hurt the movie because there is. this is a movie where the creep factor is a lot more important than the scare factor. And there is a lot of comedic elements to this movie as well. Like there's a lot of just funny things. And I think they understood the assignment. Uh, Director Gerard Johnstone and screenplay writer Akilah Cooper 
kind of like understood that this is she Akila Cooper wrote Malignant just just to give you some yeah. background, which we all kind of saw and talked about in 2021 as a really wild horror movie with this kind of really weird twist to it with, yeah. you know, the tumor and everything. And this is kind of, I see why she, that Akilah Cooper was kind of, kind of put on one of those screenwriters to watch lists because she has a way of infusing typical horror premises, you know, in malignant, you know, the dark personality inside of someone in this, the Chucky, you know, child's play of it all. But she knows how to infuse just enough kind of weird, quirky originality to it to make it different. And Megan does that. Um, you've heard a lot of talk about the actual title, tight, 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 chiller character of Megan, which is this cybernetic advanced toy doll that is developed by Allison Williams character, um, Allison Williams, who we know from Get Out and Girls. And she develops this kind of, she's a roboticist and she develops this, the most interactive toy yet for kids after tragedy strikes her family and she has to take custody of her young niece and to help her through the grief there. She creates this friend who is a learning computer. I mean, in an AI. So, and you know, all the parameters of where this goes bad and you know, the basic story beats, but like I said, what's different is the world that this screenwriter creates is so quirky and unique that it's different enough to really be enjoyable. And Megan is weird. And there's a lot about this movie that's really about parenting in the modern age. And so, like, again, it got me and the dad feels I think it would get you. Um, I'm excited for this one, by the yeah. way. I've been looking forward to this. Because what it really is about is, like, parenting and screen time and, like, where are we putting our kids' attention? Where are they forming attachments? Are we kind of letting them zone out and drift off into these artificial digital worlds? You know, this is all stuff that I wrestle with every day, like right now, and is a big concern in my house. And so there is a very sly, funny parable. And a lot of what this movie works as are scenes of just Allison Williams' character trying to be a parent to this little girl who's going through this really hard time and the kind of awkwardness of that. And then how what happens when they introduce Megan? who is this learning computer who then can start telling even the parent like, well, actually like statistically you shouldn't do this stuff and you shouldn't do that. And these three, you know, girls, if you want to call Megan a girl, having these weird trifecta relationship of, you know, this triangle of competing parenting uh, attention between this robot and this human woman, who's not necessarily emotionally equipped for parenting. And so that part of it is what works really well because they're just literal funny scenes of like Allison Williams trying to talk to this little girl and have serious talks and Megan interjecting and her trying to shut down the robot and the robot not listening and talking back or saying something slick in the theater. Love that. Like people in the theater love that. There's a lot of like, just like I said, banter and trash talk and like insults and kind of comedic stuff that really work in the movie. When Megan goes bad and things start happening, um, like I said, it's PG-13, but the movie makes it really fun. People are asking, we're watching scenes, like when she starts running on all fours yeah. like a dog, which is very scary because it's reminiscent of all these real like videos of like robot dogs yeah. and things that we're starting to see who can dance, that are learning, that it, then run on all fours and do stuff like that. Um, that's amazing. The dance scene people have brought up is yeah. amazing. That whole sequence is amazing, like we're seeing in here. Um, just weird stuff. I mean, there's not even like a real reason for it, for the dance or anything like that. It's just a quirky <laughs> thing they so, threw in the movie. It's so weird. And it's it awesome. like, I hate that so much. All I can think of is that like dance moms show or something like one of the kids playing this actor and it annoys me. <laughs> like they lost me at that scene. That's where oh they lost God, me. That's what hooked me. <laughs> yeah, no, it hooked a lot of people in. 
again, the scene, <laughs> it, it works because in the context of the movie, Megan is this thing that is trying to kind of draw these kind of tired tropes that girls, that young girls that are thrown at young girls, right? Mm -hmm. So like whenever there's, there's multiple musical moments where like the young girl sat and then Megan just breaks out in some song and like starts singing some crazy song and it's weird and disturbing because you're watching a robot do this, but that's kind of the point, right? Like mm -hmm. seeing this AI trying to act like a human girl and like a little girl and stuff gets Ugh. increasingly weird and disturbing to you. Um, disturbing how close we are to that disturbing about like you know what is reality again what is parenting like and can you replace a human person and you know with a caregiving robot so a lot of that is really interesting so the sci-fi aspect is really good like i said there are kills there are stuff it's pretty messed up but it's it's muted because it's pg-13 and they'll do a longer i'm sure more violent version that shows you some of the kills in more gory detail but uh it's fun it, it's fun and, and, and people are saying in a comment yeah it very much is like an extended black mirror episode and a good one at that. So I highly recommend it. And, you know, there are ways that this film definitely opens the door for Megan to be a franchise character right alongside Annabelle. And we love our creepy dolls, right? So there, and this one is a technological creepy doll. So like I said, there are obvious ways for this franchise yeah, to continue. Yeah, you can always rebuild, right? Exactly. You can always... Oh, we got the tagline for the sequel. Oh! <laughs> you can always reboot, you know, boom. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even planned. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely think it's good horror fun in theaters. It's a good crowd pleasing movie. Like I said, there's enough time for like appropriate laughs and stuff. Nothing's too serious. So like nobody's going to blow your horror movie experience. Everybody kind of generally enjoyed it together. You laugh when you're supposed to laugh. You kind of felt when you're supposed to felt and you get like freaked out when you're supposed to get freaked out. And there's a lot of good creepiness in this movie. Um, so check it out. Megan. Another hit for Bloom. For it's Bloom on the uh, Max, right? Oh uh, no, no, no! It's just in theaters. Oh, it's only theaters. I yeah, thought yeah. it was on HBO Max too. No, no, uh, oh. only in theaters. Uh, Bloom House and Atomic Monster, James okay. Bond and Jason Bloom's kind of new union. This is like the first movie. Cool. And yeah, really good. So, all right, that's our review of Megan. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we gotta talk about what's happening in wrestling real quick <laughs> yeah. before we take another L with our DC and Marvel debate. versus debate for 2023 and new comics of this year. So we're just getting started here on Comic Book Nation. Come back with us after the break. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. We are back. This is Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast show of comicbook.com. If you missed our first half, we did a quick breakdown on the new HBO, The Last of Us series. 
Plus, we also talked about the new Evil Dead Rise trailer and reviewed the new horror film, Megan. Now, we're going to be making a jump from horror and movies and video games over to wrestling to talk about what just happened at WWE. So, to horror and wrestling. Really. Yeah, yeah, horror and wrestling. And <laughs> to our show in season five, you don't haven't yet met our most regular guest host and commentator, but he's in the background. Let's bring him in. Mr. Connor Casey is here for the first time in 2023. Hey! Connor is the head of comic book wrestling, one of our biggest and bestesses. Uh, verticals on comicbook.com and he covers all this craziness from AEW, NXT, uh, WWE and something just happened at WWE, Connor. We're getting 2023 is kicking off to the start and it wasn't the Iron Sheik talking about Hulk Hogan's private parts either which was pretty wild as well in reference to the House of Representatives debacle. But that did happen. And even that I did happen, yes. That, that did happen. I did see but that something bigger, what was bigger than that, Connor? Well, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Uh, I brought out the big boy mic for this one because uh, this was a, a, a big boy kind of news day. Um, now, I, I want to start this off by saying, obviously, the real conversation we should be having is about a billionaire who has been accused by no less than seven women of various sexual misconduct allegations. But this is an entertainment news uh, podcast. So this is not really the platform to be discussing that. Let's talk about how this actually affects the wrestling world. This was the worst case scenario. Uh, if you haven't been following it, Vince McMahon announced on July 22nd, 2022, that he would be retiring from the pro wrestling business uh, in the wake of numerous scandals uh, and potential investigations from the feds and the Security and Exchange Commission. However, then in December, the Wall Street Journal reports that uh, he is looking to make some sort of a comeback under the delusion that his uh, legal advice that he should have stepped away was wrong and that everything was just going to blow over uh, in time as two more women stepped forward with accusations. We then find out yesterday that uh, in late December, he came to the WWE Board of Directors with demands. He wanted to be reinstated as the chairman of the board. He wanted two former executives to be placed on the board of directors who will effectively do whatever he says. And he makes these demands under the guise that only he should be in power when the next round of media rights negotiations for their TV deals comes up and for the potential sale of the company. WWE responds by saying, no, thank you. Uh, the feds are still looking into you. Um, if you want to be involved in the negotiations for a sale, be our guest, but we cannot have you actually come back to the company in an official capacity. Vince responds with an ultimatum. Either put me back in power, meet my demands, or I will use the voting power I have within the board, which is 80% of the votes, and say no to any potential sale and any sort of media rights deal. The latter of which would have effectively crippled the company because it's not ticket sales or merchandise that make this company so profitable, it's the billion dollar TV rights deals that they have with companies like Fox and NBC Universal. We wake up this morning to find out that his demands have been met. He is now back on the board of directors. The two former executives that he wanted to be brought in with him have returned as well. By all indications, he will now be made the chairman of the board, which gives him impunity to do basically whatever he wants. Now, I would not be shocked at all. Now, he is claiming that he is only back to help with the sale. 
if you believe that, I got a few bridges in Brooklyn to sell you. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I do not believe that for a second. There is no. nothing about the history of Vince McMahon, how he turned his company into a billion-dollar business. None of that was built on honesty. That was built on backstage politics and a lot of backstabbing. So if you think that this is just going, if he's just going to show up, help with the sale of the company, and then ride off into the sunset with his billions of dollars, you got another thing coming. Because he can just as easily now fire everybody that has been hired in his absence, punish those who stepped up into his positions after he left. Uh, by all indications from reports from people within the company, uh, the last 24 hours have been insane. People who have been recently hired are now panicked for their jobs. It, it, it's a bad scene all around. Matt, how do you feel about it? Yeah, uh, that's man. I mean, I think uh, <laughs> I think you I think you pretty much summed it up. I think it was the it's the worst case scenario. It's you know when yesterday when all this news started breaking, there was a little like seed of hope because some of the there was like it seemed like there was enough pushback to maybe like stall it for a bit. Maybe they could play out some things over time, figure like you know talk people down type of thing. And then it was like nope. <laughs> I'm I'm back in. My two people are in forcing two people that opposed me out. Um, it's it's pretty much just a monopoly there with, with him in that spot, and it's such a deflating way to kick off the year because the last six months have actually been really fun in WWE because it was this new energy and people were from internally. And externally, people, fans were like excited about the product again. They were excited to see some of these people brought back. They were excited to see like new, uh, new avenues for Raw and SmackDown. And so there was just all it was felt like there was real momentum. And then to have this be the way it starts off. Yeah, I, I'm with Connor. I don't believe that for a second. I've, I feel like he'll say that now. And maybe that's the case for a month, maybe even two months. But as the first sign of like Triple H hasn't really taken an L yet, like he there's there are decisions that people disagree with. There's people that aren't as over as they need to or whatever, like all oh, that's normal stuff. But he hasn't really like, you know, taken done something where like has gotten real backlash. And the moment that happens, I just feel like that's when this dude steps in. And that's oh, when I, they, I don't. I don't even think he needs that sort of motivation. He can just do it on a whim. He, he yeah, can he look can, at what they're saying and go. Think, I don't care if people have been enjoying this. I yeah. want to go back to being a gorilla position. I agree. I, I agree. He can absolutely. I don't know if he does. Mostly just because I think he's too busy doing whatever. It would be mostly because he's distracted, as opposed to like just doesn't want to. But I do feel like the moment a shift comes, he's good at reading those things. And he's gonna step right in and use it as an excuse to just, hey, I, you know, we need a we need a fresh start. And it's like, ah, uh, okay, That's, we're right back to where we were. Exactly. Now, let let's talk about where we go from here because I think there are a couple of potential avenues. Uh, if you've noticed, the stock is up to like a, a the best it's been since pre pandemic, and that's because investors think right now that a sale is incoming. Yeah. But there are a couple of very likely outcomes to this. They try to get a sale going and Vince goes oh oh well nobody really gave us an offer we liked guess I'm gonna stay in power back to everything being normal again uh, they could sell to a company like Endeavor who had a similar deal with UFC where even though 
they sold the company. Dana White got to remain in power. Uh, there is the outside chance that a major media corporation and NBC Universal um, and uh, Fox, what have you, they could buy it and say, hey, we want nothing to do with Vince McMahon. And Vince could say, well, then I'm not selling the company to you unless I get to maintain my position when it, the sale goes through. Or, and I would love to be proven wrong, but he actually sticks to his word and walks away. I sincerely doubt that ever happens. And we, we could be sitting here 10 years from now and the company still not be sold. Yeah, I agree. I, I, there's nothing in there. Sadly, there is nothing in there that I can debate or disagree with because that's just where we are. It's really going to be a matter of he physically won't be here like on the search. Like that's the only way that, you know, he doesn't have some kind of involvement and it really annoys me because it was, I, I thought about this right when the switch over happened in the first place, I was like, Oh, it's going to be a month. He'll be back. It's going to be this. And then it's like, it dragged on long enough to where it kind of, I got, I got complacent and was like, oh, okay, well, this is the new status quo. Okay. And then let myself enjoy it. And then now it's like, ah, dang you. <laughs> you drew me out just long enough. I, I gave up the idea and now it's back. So yeah, disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Kof. There's no, uh, there's no bright side to this one. No, I was just, I mean, I'm looking at the comments and I was just going to I just remembered like, yeah, between Vince McMahon and Dana White, this was not a good week for sports entertainment. Uh, yeah. All right. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but then again, you know, depending on the NFL, Jeremy Renner wasn't a good week for sports or entertainment either. So yeah, you know, it was kind of a bad, yeah, bad week across the board. Either side and the middle is not looking good. All right. Anyway, so oh, did we lose Connor? I think we lost Connor. <laughs> Man, we are 0 for 2 0 in calling guests. Janelle's the only one with paid her internet bill. <laughs> Well, you can catch all of our coverage on this. We've got a lot of stories up on the wrestling uh, section of comicbook.com. So uh, definitely check that out. And of course, we'll be talking all about it over the next few weeks, I'm sure. So, all right, moving right along, let's talk about our main event today. So, if you're just getting into the show on Comic Book Nation last year in 2022, we did this show called uh, Will Marvel or DC Have the Better Year in 2022? Now, <laughs> this was very early. This was after DC had launched this epic Super Bowl trailer saying that the Batman, Black Adam, The Flash, and Aquaman 2 were coming out. Peacemaker was on the way. We were hearing all these rumblings of the Batman universe and all this stuff happening. And so we put it out there and said, like, yeah, man, it might be a good year for DC in 2022. It looked like there might be the year that it really kind of launched a major franchise across platforms, across movies and TV in ways that really tied it together. Peacemaker was so strong and looking good. It, it was just it, we had hope and we put it out there. Mm -hmm. Man, we took an L. <laughs> we took a big L in 2022. Yeah, not only did we get not even like half the slate of the DC projects we got, or we got like half, I think. Um, the entire company and franchise fell apart. Uh, Black Adam became a start stop. Another Green Lantern that started something that it said it was going to build off of, then didn't. They brought back Henry Cavill, then turned him right back around and sent him back out the door. Um, yeah, and then they were like, enough of this. And they just scrapped the whole thing because Warner Brothers Discovery and David Zaslav came in hot and 
canceled Batgirl and just decided to say we're doing a whole new franchise. Get ready. So we had DCEU re- or DCU Rebirth. And uh, yeah, at the end of the year, we found out James Gunn and Peter Safran are launching DC Studios and none of the things we thought we were, ha- were happening all year are happening or just a couple of them are still happening or maybe not even happening the way we thought. And uh, we don't know anything. So with that all on the table, we thought great time to do. Will DC or Marvel have a better year in 2023? We're, having, we're getting already crapped on in the comments saying this isn't like even a debate this year. But here, let us lay out our argument. The overall long short of this is that while Marvel has a slate of a pretty full slate this year, and uh, we lay out kind of like what's in it, it's not necessarily a slate that everybody's like over the moon about, except for some one or two clear cases. While DC has some big game-changing movies coming out, like The Flash, which we still are hearing somehow is still people are enjoying or is looking like it's tracking well, Um, Blue Beetle, which will be the first kind of new DC hero launch under this new era. And we have some big events on TV, like The Flash's final season. We might be getting, you know, we're kind of speculating on whether we'll get new seasons of Peacemaker, Sandman, things like that. These are all DC that people are excited about. And whatever James Gunn and Peter Safran might ultimately put together could be a game-changing reveal once we know what this new era is. So let's go through the minute details. Let's take a look at the Marvel slate first. So as I said, Marvel has a full slate this year. In movies, we got no less than Ant-Man, Quantum, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania. We have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We also will have on the Sony side, we will have Kraven the Hunter released this year and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Now, as I said, that's a very strong slate. On TV, let's just do TV. Well, you forgot. What? You forgot the Marvels. The Marvels, yes. So did everybody else. And we'll get to that. Bull, uh, BS. Yeah, BS. <laughs> but uh, on the TV side, we have Secret Invasion, Loki Season 2, Iron Heart, and possibly something like What If. Agatha, Coven of Chaos, this is an old image, obviously, is, is bumped to 2024. Is when we'll likely get that show since it's just starting to film. But uh, swap in possibly What If, if they have another season of that ready. So as I was saying, like, I think out of this whole slate, the general public is excited for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Loki Season 2, and um, Across the Spider-Verse are, are the three clear things that I would say are above debate. Those are three projects that everybody is excited for that Marvel really can stand on as really kind of powerful releases that will really kind of get the fandom going. I think beyond that, it's a bigger question. Uh, Marvel was very saturated last year. And even our phase zeros, you've heard Brandon Davis was on here earlier talking about how tired they are of Marvel content, how happy they are for a break. So I think phase four wasn't as strong as some of the other phases. There was a lot more to it, a lot more variety, which we liked, but also a little bit more burnout. So I'm really kind of weighing the guaranteed hits versus just the same kind of brand loyalty to Marvel that we saw in like pre-pandemic times through the Infinity Saga. And I say that because I don't know if that makes Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania as big a draw to the mainstream public or to just the general public as it is to fans. And I think a lot of Marvel fans are only excited about that movie because two words, Jonathan Majors, right? So Jonathan Majors will be coming in as Kang. I think that's the big draw for that movie. You take that away, 
I don't think there's as much hype for Ant-Man in The Wasp Quantumania, no matter how big they try to make this particular chapter of it. The same goes with the Marvels, which is not the fault of the Marvels whatsoever. We just haven't seen anything. So I'm not saying the Marvels will be mad. Matt's giving me the 10-yard. It's like teddy bear thing for you, you know? Yes. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. What's happening. But um, we haven't seen anything. Mia DaCosta, I don't doubt her. Uh, I love the Candyman reboot. I know she can do genre and things. Uh, she did a lot with, uh, oh my God, what's my, what's that? Uh, what's the HBO series that made Jonathan Majors a star? I can't believe I'm, Lovecraft Country. I think she did a, lot, a couple episodes of that. <laughs> and like, yeah, I'm not doubting her work. Her <laughs> book account is... <laughs> It's so sassy today. It's back. We're back to like levels of uh, what was that thing y'all argued about a couple weeks ago? What was that? Oh, Avatar. It was Avatar. You had a you in the comic book account were in constant conflict on Avatar. Yeah, now, account. now you're back in. Take the villain out. Yes, but you can't. <laughs> but the villain should never be the main draw over the hero. I think that's a general rule so we established sassy. back in the Batman '89 days, right? Like that's problematic when your franchise starts to have I'm not, I'm not more about the villains you. than it is about the hero. That's how the Batman franchise. I'm not getting in between you. I'm just died. stirring the pot. But just history. That's how the Batman franchise <laughs> died in the '90s because it gave more about the villains than Batman. So when they relaunched it under you know that Dark Knight trilogy, guess what that guy named Chris Nolan said we should do. We should turn around and refocus on who? The hero. And yeah, there we go. Anyway. <laughs> finish, finish, finish your I can't. <laughs> My whole point is that like we haven't seen anything from the Marvels. I don't think anybody's hyped about Craven yet. We have no idea what that is either. And it already sounds like it's gonna be a weird version of Craven, who's like an animal conservationist and stuff like that. So in terms of movies, I mean, like I said, Guardians 3 is going to be this emotional thing that, you know, finishes, this, you know, this trilogy of what was a lot of people's you know, whole generation, Star Wars. So not betting against that at all. And Across the Spider-Verse, I think might be the best comic book movie of the year, you know, hands down. I bet on it being the thing I was most hyped for. So I can't contradict myself. Which one? Which one? Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's. So I mean. think in that respect, like, yeah, I think if the flash is a game changer and still they pull this off and thread the needle, even with the, all the Ezra Miller stuff and it resets the universe and does a bunch of fun multiverse stuff along the way. That's a big win. So we need to get Janelle here. Where do you side? You haven't said where you side, but it feels like. I think on movies, DC can take it this year. Okay. I think DC can take it on movies this year. Yes. I got him to pick a side. I was like, yeah, pick yeah. A side. On the DC side, I think DC can take it on movies this year. Here's why. Again, if the Flash is a big, is is as good and fun and, and game-changing for the franchise as, as we hope and as some rumors say, that's going to be a major win for DC. Aquaman is already a billion-dollar franchise, and no matter, even if this just is the last off for Jason Momoa before he dips into some Lobo makeup, it's already in the can, and I don't think they made a smaller movie than the first one. I think they probably made a bigger, and they've got a lot more of the the world, the feel, the tech of it all kind of laid out. So I'm not betting against that. And I think Blue Beetle looks like it could be really good and really fun uh, as a superhero launch pad. So I think those movies could each kind of do well enough to be blockbusters on their own without even major obligations to a shared universe yet. So I think that, and I think, like I said, the Marvel fatigue, Ant-Man, 
his I don't know how well that's going to do. I think that's going to do middling well because it's coming up real soon. Guardians three it's going to be a smash. I know that. And depending on how emotionally damaging it is, though, will people go in multiple times for that? I don't know. The Marvels we need a whole marketing campaign first before. Yeah, that hasn't even that. started now. Yeah. And it hasn't started yet, but um, well, it started for started for me. Yeah, started for me two years. And the ago. same thing for Craven, but um, <laughs> across the Spider Verse. So two. I mean, I I I have a bet of basically just two guarantees on Marvel side versus three okay solid bets on DC, and I'm going with DC on the movie side. What about you, Matt? Well, I'm going to go Janelle first because oh, I am curious because I because I. I don't know where you will stand. I'm very curious, actually. Where where do you fall in this, Janelle? Oh, Shazam 2. I'm sorry. Shout oh, yeah. You forgot Shazam, Shazam 2. 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I have had my hopes up for too long and too many times with DC that I just... I have to like say that old faithful Marvel is going to come through for everyone again. I mean, as a whole, right? Because the TV shows are just great and uh and i love them my whole thing is that i believe in james gunn and i am so excited about his position within the company and i cannot wait to see where this goes we won't be seeing what he does for dc in 2023 like that will start showing you know, later on, like we still have to finish out all of this stuff that was going on before he came into power. So for me, I'm just, I'm dipping my toe. I'm, I don't know. I'm just trying not to get my hopes up because I feel like we've learned this lesson so many times. I'm not saying I'm not excited. I'm just saying as a fan, it, I'm, I'm a little discouraged to get attached to any of the stuff that's coming out this year because it's not going to carry me in through the rest of the DC content uh, going forward. So I'm kind of like, well, what's the point? Like why I don't really care about Aquaman because it's not going to be my Aquaman. I don't care about the flash because he's not going to be the flash. Like it just kind of, it, I don't and know. Now, with not officially know these things, nor do they official positions of comic book nation <laughs> <laughs> or subsidiaries. But I feel that way. I feel like, I feel like we can't, I, I don't know. Like I feel like it would have been a better play for them to not tell us that they aren't going to, they're going to cancel out all these things that we were super looking forward to because now I'm just not, I'm not into it as much. I'm just kind of like, well, on to the next, like I I'll, yeah. I'll see it, but I'm not like, my heart isn't like in it the way that it should be. I, get, I mean, Janelle, Matt, look, look, Janelle speaks a lot of truth there, man. I, I think um, for me, it just was hard. Uh, but I added comics to this lineup because I actually needed uh, I needed like a little bit more like reinforcement to really kind of push me either way. Because for a minute I was I was going back and forth because it's hard. Marvel already starts off with an advantage because it has a movie that I have been waiting for for two years. Yeah. <laughs> for the Marvels, <laughs> I'm so excited for these people to finally be together in a movie like it already had the the odds stacked right. But then I look at I am a bit fatigued on Marvel stuff overall. Like I'm not excited. I, I talked about here. I'm not a big Kang person. So nothing with Kang really excites me. Ant-Man as a, like a movie franchise unto itself doesn't excite me. So I'm not really excited about, about that movie. Guardians three agree with you. I think it's going to be a smash. Um, Spider-Verse is going to be good. I don't really know what to make. Um, Loki. I'm super excited 
that it's well, coming we're back. No TVs in a second. Well, no, I'm watch. just no, I'm saying overall. This okay. is this is overall comics, TV, and movies. Overall, I have to like give it. I have to give it to Marvel because I feel like D, there is some of that. I'm super hyped for Aquaman. I'm like the biggest Aquaman fan, all like one of the biggest Aquaman fans at this company. Like I, I'm excited for that. But I agree with Janelle. It sucks because like I have this just you just have this feeling of like nothing that was pre that was already in the can, aside from like Blue Beetle, who's so new we haven't seen him. Yeah, they'll figure him in the plans. But like I don't know if Aquaman as a franchise is gonna be around in this form afterwards. So it's hard to get attached to it. It's the same way with the Flash. I I've been wanting that movie canceled for a year and a half. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I'm ready to just be done with that stupid thing. Like I am like, I wanted to come out so we can move on. That's kind of how I felt about the Snyder cut. I wanted it to come out so we can move on already. <laughs> That's how I feel about the flash. So like some of those, I'm excited to see what they bring to the universe, but it's hard for me to get attached because of what Janelle was saying. Um, I wasn't like the highest on like Peacemaker and something. So like there's even stuff in the TV world. I'm excited for Ironheart. Like there's a lot of balance back and forth. I will say in the comics world, um, I'm actually more excited for DC as a whole. I think comics wise, Marvel has big events coming up. Uh, Sinister is coming up. The uh, symbiote war that's coming up. Uh, Cold War that's coming up. Those are some really interesting events that are happening in the Marvel place. And then of course, uh, Fall of X. That's all happening. That's all really exciting. But I get excited for events in Marvel lately. I don't get excited week in, month, week in, week out for Marvel like I did two years ago. DC is, to me, is putting out more interesting character books right now than Marvel is overall, just across the board. I'm excited for the Superman family. I'm hyped for the Bat family. Like, there's a lot coming. Dawn of DC is coming. Lazarus Plan, it's going to be a big event. And I'm excited for that. There's a Batman event coming later. So I feel like Marvel's going to take it just because of some of the downfalls of DC over this pay. It's the baggage. That's why Marvel's going to take it this year. In 2024, when we see some of those James Gunn and Peter Safran plants come into play, we've got Blue Beetle in the mix. I'm going to be like, I could really give it to DC then. It, comics, it's really DC, but it wasn't enough to outweigh just the sheer amount of other things. So I'm going Marvel, uh, but uh, you know, on the on the comic side for me, it was it was not a hard thing. All right. Well, moving to TV, because I had a split answer. So to get through this a little quickly uh, on the TV side, I think Marvel clearly is going to have the better year. I think Secret Invasion, I think Secret Invasion could be surprisingly good with its espionage feel and bringing a real kind of espionage mystery to the MCU will be good. And it will open the door for big things with the scrolls, what's going on cosmically, set up things like the Marvels to be even more exciting than we possibly think. Um, Ironheart, it was already a breakout character for me in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And I think that series introducing, you know, Anthony Ramos as the hood and the magical kind of occultness meets technology. I think that show will have a good thematic underpinning about, like I said, occult, magic, things like that versus technology, science, stuff like that. That will be really interesting. Plus getting to know more about Riri Williams and her kind of tragic backstory um moon girl and devil dinosaur matt put on here yeah i'm excited no for that there. man That's i have good. no bones about that I was, it looks awesome sure <laughs> um matt loves it and if they come with what if season two i'd be really you're gonna talk about that trash heap over moon girl <laughs> that really what if i just said i'd be excited if it came why out why are you excited for that i liked what if season one oh, i'm not a hater like i some... liked what if as well 
it's, I mean, it's fine. You know, fun. It's yeah. What if it's Eat, one off eating cotton balls is fun too every so often, but oh, like, I don't do it. All right. like, <laughs> so I think Marvel's going to have the better year in TV. Um, I think that DC is just too uncertain on the TV side. Like the flash is ending. We know that, uh, we have no idea about anything else. We don't know if the penguin will be ready. We just got, I just did a report before walking here that it'll penguins going to start shooting in February. It'll last for five or six months. That means the summer. We have no idea if they will get that out by the end of the year on HBO Max or it will kick off like 2024. So we don't know about that. We don't know if Peacemaker Season 2 is going to make it in 2023. I think we all hope and speculate that it will, but it's not confirmed yet. So I can't bet on that. And uh, Sandman, same thing for Sandman Season 2. Plus, I'm excited for new seasons of like Harley Quinn, Titans, things like that, Doom Patrol, but I'm not banking that those are going to be better or more entertaining and definitely not going to generate as much hype as like secret invasion so i think marvel's going to have the better year in tv i think i'm ben i'm placing i'm the sole man stepping into the firing range of dc movies for 2023 i see but i'm going to stand there and just stay confident on that hey, technically you cheated I didn't cheat. Yes, you did. We weren't supposed to rate them individually. That would have been a different list. <laughs> them all together. I'm coming to a common, like a big submission. You're the one who forced the answer out of me. I didn't force the answer. Like, tell me where you stand. I wanted it to be <laughs> years. All right. But I was <laughs> That's what I wanted. Way in a thing. And here's what Jesus. I think my co-host kind of forget is the question is, will this have a better year as a brand? I think I that... Marvel has already kind of shot its shot about what it's laying out for the multiverse saga. There could be definite surprises we get. We'll learn more about Deadpool 3 this year for sure. We'll start seeing things for that for sure. But I think Ant-Man will be a kind of a muted hype thing for Kang. And I don't think that the multiverse saga as a larger story and franchise, what we get this year to advance that, I don't think that's going to be as exciting overall as when we finally get these DC studios plans and what we find out is coming. I don't think at the end of the year, the hype that Marvel generates from what they did to advance the multiverse saga will outweigh the hype of looking forward to what DC is doing. And I know that sounds crazy now because right now we're in a hole. Everybody in the comments has made it clear. Black Adam broke a lot of people. The, another start stop, another DC plan failed, another vision of the franchise, Cavill gone, there's a Snyderverse ending. It has a lot of people low. They are not believing in this franchise till they see it. And even if they see it in theaters, they may not still believe it. So I get that. Um, I don't think, I'm betting that DC knows this and that they know that when they do make this presentation, it's got to blow people's socks off. And I think that, you, like Janelle said, and James Gunn, I'm going to trust in this one. But I think by the end, DC and the feeling have DC having a plan moving forward and having exciting events, film projects, TV projects that we know, I think the hype will be there. And then you can answer the question when we offer it on the finale of that season. Of yeah. What are you more excited for moving forward? You'll have your answer. Yes, but I that's will. not the question we asked here. So that no, is not, no, it's it not is, promises. It really no, it isn't. Will you have the better year of 2023 <laughs> you, for your brand? I think that DC. By promising will. things for the next two years. Delivering is not always the thing about shaping oh brands. That's what we should judge on. For this question, we should judge on that. Okay. Results. Now you're talking about branding, which is a whole different You just thing. brought branding into it. I didn't care at all about branding. Branding is about creating hype and perception. It has nothing to do with delivering. Right. And if. Actual, tangible things. Okay. 
Which yes. I think we can all agree that every project kind of is standalone in the end. Like we have to judge everything as they come out, like individually, really. Like is right. No. See, this is this is good though. Janelle, Janelle's a good like calming. I think <laughs> she brings it. She brings it here. I think the the days of individual thoughts about it. individual project is long over. But uh, yeah, I'm yeah. clearly out on an island alone. You two learned here. <laughs> Or you're just scared to come No, out, come I just I just looked at the I'm... whole picture of this year, not 2024 and beyond, and went, oh hey, that's I'm what I gotta judge it on. This year. I'm looking at how that's people it, are if you limited each brand at the your end of the feelings, year. that's not the question you asked. <laughs> that is not the question you asked. We're supposed to judge who's gonna have a better year, Marvel or DC. That doesn't this that, year that's open-ended for reasons. I didn't say who's gonna have the better performance. It's not an open who's gonna it's have an open-ended question, but who's it is a needs finite results. It you you're expanding the thing. You move the goalposts so far out. That's BS. <laughs> this is the same thing I said last year. This is exactly what I said no, last year. Yes, no, it it's not. No, it's not. We should pull that up. Yeah, Let's pull will. that up. Because then will. I should have called you out on it then. No. <laughs> I, I should have said you're full of it then, is what I should have no, said. No, I said last year that my whole thing was DC kind of building a universe and presenting a multi-platform universe that works, even if they have less projects than Marvel that year, would still be a bigger branding win than what Marvel did. And if they had pulled that off last year, I would stand behind it. They were supposed to have like six things well, last year. Exactly. That's what we were going to judge it on. I'm going to bang my head against a brick wall. <laughs> no, <laughs> but we're going to, I'm going to move on. I'm good. I'm going to shut if up. You don't I don't like even talk my anymore. answer. You can join the rest of the But my answer is BC through brand perception and what they deliver will have the better year. And that's my answer. Thank you. By the way, cunning linguist, I would like to say this fight is dumb, but so is thinking what if was great, which is what you also said. I <laughs> love what if, I and I'm neutral. <laughs> he said what if was great. I said I no, enjoyed he, it. I'm, oh, did, uh, is your name cunning linguist? Did I say <laughs> that on our show? I said, no, his name is that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Nobody's, nobody's gonna agree with me, but I'm gonna stand here. And if I and I swear to God, I will make you all pay if I am right this year. Not, you can you can you can be right. Again. Oh, I'm not gonna just be right. I'm no, but you can be right. My right. point was the question, but again, we're not gonna go in that circle. If I am right, we're, 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 we're I, I will say this, Kofi. I hope you're right because I want DC to win. I really do like genuinely. And I hope you're right. So I am, I am cheering for Kofi, but I'm nervous. Uh, yes. All right. I'm out here. <laughs> Solitary confinement does not scare me. Let's go to comic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what do we got here? Mall is combobulated. Okay. So what do we got? We got Scarlet witch. Number one, speaking of, Moving over to Marvel, a uh, brand new series for, I will, I think it's safe to say one of the MCU's breakout characters, right? I think it's safe to say that. She ain't doing nothing in 2023. They say one of the breakout characters uh, since she was launched in the MCU. You're right. She's not doing anything in 2023. Um, so I this, this series actually starts off with just a really interesting premise. I think trying to find, I mean, we lambasted uh, the Wanda-centric kind of X-Men event, <laughs> killing off Wanda and all that stuff. It was confusing, and I understand parts of why they were doing it, but this is just a much cleaner, far more intriguing premise. She's, she's trying to ground herself, and 
also introducing Darcy, I think it was like a wonderful thing. Like, I think that was a, a wonderful decision to bring her into this book, make her a kind of side-by-side -side character with Wanda, uh, Pietro and, and what he brings to the book. Like they really do a good job of the supporting cast, but that's just the central premise of having her set up this door where people who are just kind of in their, you know, moments, their like most downtrodden moments of need. They're the only ones that can see it and they can come to her for help. It kind of brings this like almost angel s detective agency vibe to it. And then she goes in and helps. And that that's a really cool aspect of the book. And that's a thing we don't get to see with this character very often. So I just love the premise. I thought this was really cool. And also Russell Dodderman artwork uh, is stunning. Uh, but, but also like the interiors and everything are just are just gorgeous. And I love what they did with like the bringing magic into her design, like making her hair like actual like cascade magic as it goes down and like the same way to the costume. There's just a lot of attention to detail here. Uh, I really dug this. I thought this was great. I didn't really know what to expect coming in. Uh, but what did you guys think? Good, you know. Oh gosh, is this was so beautiful. I love Scarlet Witch like more and more and more and references like, okay, the cliffhanger at the end, like who this this character is that is introduced. I'm just like, what is happening? I have to continue reading this. Like, I really want to know what's up. Um, loved just, I just love magic. Like I just love magic so much. And I feel like it's one of the most fun things to see on the pages of a comic book because you can do all of those cool drawings and renderings of, of what like swirling magic looks like and yeah. memories. And oh, it was just, it was definitely fun. It was really, really good. Yes. And that, yes, the artwork's gorgeous. Um, I think that Marvel's still looking for something to, for the Scarlet Witch to do because mm -hmm. they finally got the criticisms that her character has kind of been mishandled. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with this premise per se. I do agree with kind of the artwork and the new aesthetic take on Wanda and kind of leaving, leaning into the Scarlet Witchiness of it all. I'm not quite sold on the general premise of what she's doing. It's, uh, I, I think it works better in Moon Knight uh, than it does here because uh, it's kind mm. of the same general premise of finding a troubled character, finds Lane helping troubled people in, you know, specific way of helping them um, according to their, you know, background of mysticism or magic. So I like what Moon Knight has done with that premise a little bit better than this first issue, but it's just the first issue. So I don't want to judge how it evolves and goes too much yet, but this was just kind of a slower setup for me. Um, but like I said, I like the new visual aesthetic of how they're drawing Wanda. I love how they're, slowly sneaking in some Elizabeth Olsen details from like the <laughs> eye like that and shape of the face and costume aesthetic and all that stuff. Um, it's, it's interesting to watch an actor shape the character more so than the actual comic creators have. So I did appreciate all that, but uh, I, I kind of want to see if they can sustain this premise and, and this role that, that Scarlet Witch is taking up. Yeah, no, uh, then we'll move over to DC. <laughs> And we'll move into Batman 131. This kicks off the next arc, though it is connected to Failsafe and, and how that concluded. And it hasn't all the way concluded as well. So there's still a lot of fallout going from there. Um, but this is very much a... This is, I didn't really know what to expect from this. I knew it was going to kind of be more of a, you know, introspective story about, like, you know, kind of Bruce being in a, in a place he isn't familiar with. I didn't expect the multiverse 
angle. <laughs> I didn't expect really any of that coming from this, which is actually part of what I like about it. Cause I mean, at this point I've seen stories with Batman being in a place he's like not familiar with, you know, we did do the whole time, tra- time traveling through, through eras and stuff. So I, I've seen that before, but what I loved is just like the quirkiness of it. I thought like the, the hollowed out skeleton of Jim Gordon is kind of following him around. Uh, like there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff here in this place of, I always love all the multiverse things of like seeing different takes on characters. So like that part's fun, Selena, Two-Face, all those things. But I just like the concept of him, you know, being in a place without a Batman and having that tied to like fail safe of like, here's the ultimate thing. Like this place needs a hero. And then the added mystery of the stuff at the end is really good. So like, there's a lot here that I really like and and continuing a really stellar Batman run so far. Um, but what did you guys think? Um, I mean, it can be a little bit of a retread. I mean, Batman kind of being displaced like this happened in Final Crisis. I, I appreciate that this book doesn't ignore that. It kind of references that because that added another layer of kind of authenticity to it. Um, it's an interesting world that we find Batman in, and it's a kind of interesting premise about why he's there, which is it's a world without Batman. So basically he has something to save. And so it's kind of always fun to take alternate trips through alternate worlds. I know Venom Beyond was a kind of storyline we all liked mm-hmm. in the last year that did similar things with taking Eddie Brock to a different version of, you know, his own Marvel reality. And uh, so far, I like a lot of what we saw, like interesting things like Judge Dent, Harvey Dent with Bane Venom in him, kind of using his dual persona as a, as a lawman and kind of judge is interesting. Um, but, you know, we've also had a lot of Batman stories that are set in different realities in the last few years. And so this kind of slightly mixes in with those. But I hope as we explore more and get more into this world, it will be distinct and kind of be almost a reality like you want to help for like Age of Apocalypse and X-Men, where even when you're done with it, it's like a cool or Flashpoint. It's like a cool thing you would want to revisit. So I hope it becomes that. Yes, I also agree. I'm curious to see where this goes. The multiverse stuff always makes me really excited in general. Uh, gotta love a good skull. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like eerie, creepy, just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. I can't really make like a quick judgment off the bat on this one, off right. the bat, man. On this one, sorry. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm I'm not mad at it. I'm just um, I'm just kind of I just want to see where it's going with all of this because it's a lot. There's a lot like happening here. So, uh, but I, you know, I, I don't know, even the cover, I was like, what is this going to be about? I have no clue. <laughs> like, very confusing with the cover, and then finally, okay, it makes sense, and I'm I'm excited. I don't know. I'm I'm loving all of the comics lately. I've been having a blast with comics lately, especially yeah, Batman I like, comics. I like when they take chances and, and mm-hmm. do something fun. And this does seem like that. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, you know, uh, Captain Marvel 45. Uh, we're in part. Is it part three? I think it's part uh, three of revenge of the brood or part four. I can't remember. It's a part three. Yes. yes. Uh, so yeah, this was a, the continuing X-Men adventure. Um, you know, things left off in a really, uh, kind of cliffhanger replaced last time around, but I, I just, I don't know about you. Cause I know you're, you view the X-Men a little bit differently than me, but I just like eat their team ups 
up with a spoon. Like it's just so fun seeing their back and forth and the stuff with Laura in this issue. And just like, I just love those team ups. But what do you feel? Absolutely. I mean, even not knowing every single X-Men, I have enough knowledge. Uh, you know, I know Rogue and I know certain characters and this has been so cool. Um, I'm loving any kind of crossover with X-Men so that I can get more familiar with them, but also being in like my comfy safe space uh, with like Captain Marvel. And this villain is is intense. Like it's it's very interesting. And I am like, I'm binging Doctor Who right now. So this feels like a Doctor Who episode to me. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> I'm loving the alien aspect. I'm like, I'm loving the hive mind situation. It's just, this is really, really cool. I'm just chomping at the bit to see like binary and see what's going on um, and where it's going. So yes, I just, I'm super satisfied with every Captain Marvel comic I've been reading lately. <laughs> Yes. No, very excited. And uh, Kelly Thompson is very good at Gambit. She's she's immensely skilled at writing Rogan. <laughs> a lot of Rogue in this issue, obviously, because of like the brood stuff. But yes. Gambit is just shines throughout this whole thing. So, yeah, that's comics. All right. That'll do it for our first episode of Comic Book Nation Season 5. If you're just getting into the show, we are on all your major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everything we also have our live shows and videos up on our at comic book nation youtube page so be sure to go over there and subscribe you can also find us every week if you are a twitch streamer on the at comic book twitch channel every friday at noon eastern time where we do the show live and love for you guys to join us and comment and uh do all that we got to get out of here today. We got to get Matt. I think you have lunch with Skip Bayless coming up in a little bit. So we got to get you down. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Shannon Sharp reference? Yeah, yes, we are. Does yes, that make you? Does that, that make makes you? me Shannon Sharp. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Skip Bayless, you. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stop interrupting me, Skip. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> I tend to be the J.J. Reddick of the debate um, room. <laughs> Oh, man. But uh, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with more Comic Book Nation. Be sure to tune in. And uh, we're going to get out of here and start seeing what will have the better year, Marvel or DC. So stay tuned. And we'll see you guys next week. This is Comic Book Nation. Peace. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>